Well, hello and welcome back to Kindled. Have an awesome conversation for you today that I got to have with Jack Marino Chen. Now, Jack was saved out of the occult into faith in Jesus Christ. She was actually saved from an occult order called the Golden Dawn, where she practiced ritual magic in a Freemason lodge. And although she started off in the New Age, she desired to find where those practices came from to gain more power and ended up deep in the occult. From everything from astrology to tarot to Egyptian mythology, demonic experiences, and drug and alcohol addiction, Jack experienced everything that the New Age and the occult had to offer. I have a special appreciation for these stories. I have an affinity almost for them, for hearing how Jesus saves people out of the deepest, darkest places that they find themselves. And that's because this has a a special place in my heart, this topic. I have loved ones who are in this spot right now. And so I will never tire of hearing how Jesus saves those in the dark into marvelous light. It really never gets old for me. I want to thank the sponsor of this episode alongside them, the creators of the amazing Commandment and Basics Catechism, which help you train your kids in the truths of God's word. Be sure to use code KINDLED5 for $5 off your order at alongsidethem.com. And now for my conversation with Jack Marino Chen. All right. So today on Kindled, I'm chatting with Jack Marino. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. So uh, I'm very excited to chat with you. Uh, I know that you have an amazing testimony. I've kind of heard it a few different times, um, but for the listeners who are not familiar with your story, um, could you kind of walk us through uh, why you're here? Like what, what is your testimony? And um, we'll start as far back as, as you feel that needs to go. Okay, I'll um, hopefully do more of a flyover, but again, thank you so much for having me, and I just pray Mm -hmm. that in sharing what the Lord has delivered me out of and all that darkness, that truly Christ is glorified. Um, So I was born in what I thought was a Christian home. We went to church when I was little, but when I was five, my parents separated because my dad had a drug and alcohol addiction, and when they separated, we stopped going to church. And even though I went to church in preschool, I didn't know the gospel. I didn't, I, I believe that Jesus was Lord, but I didn't know biblically what that meant. I was also sexually abused at a young age and that led to a lot of hiding, a lot of shame, a lot of feeling guilty for what was going on. Mm. And I, at a young age, started to see or have supernatural experiences. I saw lights in the sky. I felt deeply connected to them. I felt really isolated and alone in all the lies that I was living in. And so to have these supernatural experiences, I felt like these beings saw me and they knew me and they knew what I'd been through and I was special to them. And so that was a deep part of my life that I held closely. And then I learned about aliens and I thought, that they must have been aliens, even though I first thought that they were angels. And so long story short, that became a big part of who I identified as because it it meant a lot to me to not be alone in what I was experiencing. The person who was sexually abusing me was caught when I was around the age of seven. And I told myself, if I just 
I, I denied that anything happened with me. He was caught with someone else. And so I just told myself, if I never think about this again, then I can create my own reality and I can make it so it never happened and I can believe my own lies. And so I really stuck to that. I wanted to create my own reality, live life my way. And instead of dealing with what had happened, dealing with the pain, dealing with my dad going in and out of rehab or the hospital from an overdose, things like that, I just wanted to run from my feelings. And I always said I would never drink or do drugs because I saw it destroy my dad's life. But uh, after starting to self-harm, developing an eating disorder, really didn't know it at the time, but was just running from myself. I found that drugs and alcohol did a better job at numbing me. And for the first time, I really forgot or I felt numb to what had happened. And so that became my new escape. I lived for the next high. I gave way more of myself away to men than I intended. And by the time I graduated high school, I was in a relationship with an older man who was physically abusive and was Native American. And so started to introduce me to Native American spirituality. I had already read the book, The Secret in high school, which was really alluring to me, the idea that we create our own reality. We can manifest anything into our life. That was really alluring because I didn't like my reality and I wanted to start over. So that also fed into the supernatural experiences I was having. And when I got into this relationship, I started letting go of more of the small amount that I'd learned about Jesus as a child and embracing more um, Native American spirituality, the idea of the earth and ancestors and things like that. And then um, that relationship ended very violently and got into another relationship with a man who was a drug dealer. The moment I saw him, I felt the same supernatural feelings that I felt when I saw those entities as a child and I immediately felt like we were connected and moved in with him and basically became very dependent on him. He started introducing me to new age spirituality and really became my God to me. And that's the point in my life when things really started to switch and change from me thinking I was a Christian, even though I was living like the world, I still would have called myself a Christian, would have thought anyone who said differently to me was just judgmental. But in this relationship, I started to really turn from that and embrace new age ideology. We started going to music festivals similar to Burning Man. And I just really was eating up astrology, tarot, crystal magic, all these things that were making me feel like I had more power. And I also started getting into psychedelic drugs, mm -hmm. which helped me feel like I was escaping, even escaping this reality by going to the astral plane or lucid dreaming, really just trying to escape my pain. And um, this relationship ended. It started getting really dark before it ended with sorcery and me just not not recognizing whatever was behind my eyes in terms of I do I believe I was possessed at that time because I was channeling um 
trying to automatic write, really wanting these entities that I'd known from childhood to enter my body. I believe they wanted to see through my eyes and not thinking of that as demonic, but thinking of that as, again, me being special to these beings. When we broke up, um, that was probably the hardest, darkest time in my life. He truly was a god to me. And I believed that he, he could see me all the time. I believed he basically had the attributes of God. I believed we were soulmates and that we had lived hundreds of lives. And I would have worded it as I lost the plot. I was so out of my mind from the constant drug use, from the living in this occult reality that I couldn't really hold a conversation with anyone. And that's a point in my life where I decided that my Christian upbringing was holding me back from being a, a free spirit and being as powerful as my ex was. And so I turned away from all of it and I started with all of my heart pursuing the occult. I spent all of my time studying Masonic texts and obsessed with the Aleister Crowley tarot deck started dreaming about it was obsessed with astral projection and that ended up leading me to join an order in LA called the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn and it was where we would meet at a Freemason lodge and practice ritual magic and I didn't think it was that big of a deal in terms of I didn't think it was dark. I just thought I was gaining more power and I was getting to the root of astrology, getting to the root of mm -hmm. all these things that were so culturally popular, but I just wanted to really find out where it came from. And amazingly, as I was in that practicing sorcery, the Lord used the Bible verses that were being used out of context and blasphemously in spell work to get me to read the Bible. And then he convicted me of my sin. And when I read that Satan masquerades himself as an angel of light, I, I, I just knew that Satan was behind what I was doing. I had a feeling, but I was too prideful to turn away from it. And then I read that you can tell a tree by its fruit. And I knew that the fruit of the the people that were the highest up in the order I was in were just as wicked and depraved and broken as I was. There was no peace, joy, freedom, none of what I was truly looking for. Um, I was just as addicted as ever and just, I was just absolutely wicked. I was a wicked person and I knew that and I, I did not like it. Um, and then I remembered Genesis 3, the story of the fall and the first lie that were told of in the garden where Satan says, if you, or the serpent says, if you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you'll become like God, knowing good and evil. And I just knew the, the scripture just pierced my heart. And I knew that that was exactly the lie that I was eating up that in my, in my quest to become like God, I was eating up the knowledge of good and evil. And it led to the fall. It was leading to the fall in my life. But you would think that I would turn, but I just, I still was dead in my sins and too prideful to turn. And I continued down this road obsessed with ritual work and magic. And then one night, it was just like any other night, I was in my apartment and I fell to my knees. I was being spiritually attacked and I fell to my knees and I heard myself cry out, 
Jesus Christ saved me and mm. I meant it. And it amazed me to hear those words come out of my mouth because I was taught to do all these things, but I had no power there. But when I called for Jesus to save me and help me, he did. And I knew in that moment, it was the God of the Bible, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit who had delivered me in that moment from all the darkness that was attacking me. And not just that, but had truly saved me. And I knew that all the power in this order that I was in was nothing compared to the true God of the universe. And so I was shaking because I also recognized that everything that I'd been practicing and telling myself wasn't actually bad and I could be right with God and practice was actually sin against this almighty, all-powerful, perfectly good God. Mm. And I started reading my Bible. Um, at first, I bought into the lie that I had secret knowledge and that I knew better, but it didn't matter what I thought because God's word pierced my heart. And I recognized it as truth. And for the first time, it actually fed me. Mm. I was starving and it, and it fed me and left me satisfied. And that just amazed me. And so by the time I finished reading the Bible, I realized that I'd totally changed from the inside out. I knew for the first time in my life since, since I started doing drugs at a young age that I could get sober, which now just sound like words, but at the time sounded just impossible for me because mm -hmm. I was so addicted and um yeah the Lord has absolutely changed my life he has given me a new life he's made me a new creation and every day I'm just so amazed that uh it wasn't it wasn't hours of rituals and good works and trying to pull myself out of this black pit to make myself right with God but God met me in that darkness and he saved me not because of works done by me in righteousness. I can't boast at all for what God has done in my life, but he truly saved me um, because of his grace and his goodness and through the saving work of Jesus on the cross. So um, that's a what the Lord has done in my life in a nutshell. And I'm just so amazed at who Jesus is and that the God of the Bible is the true Lord God of the universe mm -hmm. and all creation. Wow. That is truly such an amazing testimony. I mean, I know you have lived that, but um, gosh, just to bring us into a picture of where you were before Christ and now like looking at you, hearing you speak about him in like using scripture, it's just, it's, it, it just shows the power of God. You know, it mm -hmm. really just points to his ability to, again, like you said, bring dead to life and make, Amen. make a new creation out of something that was, was not alive. Something that was like you said, wicked even. Um, and that I, I'm just, there's so many things that when you were speaking, I wanted to touch on. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to take some notes cause I want to go back to a few of the things you said, but, um, thank you for sharing that. And, um, I, I'm wondering, is it like hard to kind of go back through that story or, I don't know, maybe God is giving, gives you the grace, you know, in the mm -hmm. moment to, to kind of see it from this perspective, but does that feel challenging to kind of rewalk through it? That's a good question. I think sometimes it's definitely, um, it's, it's real and it really happened to me. And so those are real memories. And in that mm -hmm. sense, it's, it's hard because there are emotions and, and memories attached to them. But yeah. sometimes I forget. I've been safe for about six years now. And 
it's amazing who God is. And when his Holy, when he comes and lives inside of you, the, the difference now of my life, I forget. And that seems so far away that that was my reality. And so when I have the opportunity to talk about it and to share any of it, I'm by God's grace, I'm, I'm really an open book about mm-hmm. it because I just see it. God has, this is what the Lord has delivered me out of so much so that I forget that that was my life. Mm-hmm. And I never want to forget because I want to glorify God remembering that I was truly dead in my trespasses and sins and he has truly mm-hmm. made me a new creation. And so praise God that he would use even, even that sin um, mm-hmm. that now in his grace, he uses to bring himself glory. So yes and yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would imagine that's, that's really complicated. Uh, going back to the beginning of your testimony, you mentioned um, sexual abuse in your past, and and that just breaks my heart every time I hear that. Um, I'm sure it does yours as well, too, for for little you who had to, mm. you know, endure that. And um, thankful that it 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 sounds like God has is healing and has healed you from a lot of that. Um, but I feel like that is something that I hear a lot in testimonies from people who get involved with. Um, I don't know if it's particularly the new age or the occult, or if it's just false teachings in general, this, this, uh, vulnerability and, and it's almost like they're more susceptible because there is a lot of pain and there's a lot of violation and, and trust that's been broken. And it's almost like you, you start off life on, um, a much harder foot and a much more difficult path than you should have. And, and there's some, it seems like there's some vulnerability there that wouldn't otherwise be there. Would you agree mm-hmm. that that, I don't know, what are your thoughts on that? I agree in that. I definitely noticed that in a lot of people who I know and love who are currently caught up in that deception or that I've, mm-hmm. that I've met that were saved out of it. But I know that I just thinking back to the difference it would have made for me back then in that pain and that confusion, because even now still working through biblically that childhood sexual abuse and Mm -hmm. it's just so complex, Mm -hmm. but there was so much guilt and not understanding um, where the line is drawn between, between the sexual abuse itself. And there's just so much confusion around it because Mm -hmm. uh, for a long time, I felt like it was my choosing and I do believe at a certain time I knew it was wrong and and I did it anyway and there was a level of sin, but really coming to terms with the youngness that I was mm-hmm. and there's just a lot. But yeah. if I had known God's word and truly known the Bible and who God is mm-hmm. through his word, that would have equipped me to deal with things because in life there is suffering, uh, mm-hmm. you know, life that that is what it is. And many people go through suffering. Most people go through suffering of all different kinds and to be equipped with, to know who God is, that we can turn to him, the truth of forgiveness, the truth of his finished work in Christ. That is so important to be able to walk through life with. And I trust in God's sovereign plan for my life. And yet now, if I ever have children of my own, I so desire for them to be equipped with knowing God's word so that they're equipped to walk through the hardships of life. Right. And so when you don't have that, and when I didn't have that, 
I turned to making sense of my reality and trying to gain mm -hmm. some semblance of control. And yeah. I found that in the occult, but at that time more new age, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, that was the next kind of thing I was going to ask you was, was that pursuit and that seeking for control out of, mm -hmm. you know, the lack of control that you felt over your own life at the time and um, what was, you know, done to you. Uh, this this kind of promise or offer that the occult does give you of, you know, there. I mean, it's obviously when we say the occult, there's obviously such there's such a variety and breadth mm -hmm. of teachings that are encompassed in that. Do you have a? I mean, do you have like a good definition of occult for those who are listening who are like, what do you mean by that? What is? How do you define occult from other practices that are not occult or uh, mm -hmm. new age from not new age? Um, I've talked about this a lot, but I'm curious, like from your perspective, how you would kind of define that. That's a great question. I think that the occult is hidden secret knowledge, mm -hmm. um, something that's hidden in darkness, and there's that alluring quality to it. I do believe that a lot of the new age is just watered down occultism. So mm -hmm. um, astrology, tarot, these kind of things, divination that seems very mm -hmm. popular culturally popular right now when that's what got me into the occult is following okay where do these practices come from where's where is this popular thing stemming from and then following that trail into the occult witchcraft those kind of things sorcery mm -hmm. but ultimately just like this the things hidden in darkness that secret hidden knowledge yeah. that is really just the age-old lie and the age-old deception of you can you can be like god or you can have, yeah, you can be like God. Right. Yeah. That's, that's a great definition. And I, I guarantee, I, I know you're familiar with this verse, but um, for anyone listening, who's not uh, Deuteronomy 18, mm. 10 and 11 uh, says there shall not, well, actually, hold on. Let me get the right version there. Um, yeah. God used that in my life, when I was still practicing it, I remember reading Deuteronomy 18 and just telling myself, oh no, this can't apply to me. This must be right for them in that period of time. And just the ways that I would try to dodge biblical truth and make it only apply to a certain people. Mm -hmm. But of course we've outgrown that, or we've progressed beyond this, but mm -hmm. it's amazing how the Lord still convicted me even though yeah. I could tell myself that mentally it didn't get rid of the weight of mm -hmm. of my sin ultimately right yeah I, I pulled that verse up it says there shall not be found among you anyone who burns his son or his daughter as an offering anyone who practices divination or tells fortunes or interprets omens or a sorcerer or a charmer or a medium or a necromancer or one who inquires of the dead um, and I know that's the same verse that convicted Doreen Virtue, you know, when she came out of the new age as well. Um, but that, you know, as we're talking about the occult and the new age and divination and sorcery, and, and like you were talking about this secret hidden knowledge, I just can't help but notice how, um, it has become so commonplace today to really, that we hear in the mainstream, even, even on our social media feeds from maybe popular influencers that we may be following, or maybe it's like a natural, like someone who's kind of pursuing like a natural lifestyle and they start kind of veering into some of these more hidden knowledge areas. Like, Hey, did you know you can 
you know, basically find healing through maybe it's energy or um, you can find wisdom in the stars or you can, you know, all kinds of these just like, it's almost like a soft, soft occultism. Like they're not really, they're never going to come out and be like, oh yeah, I interact with the dead. Like they're not saying I'm a medium. They're not saying I'm practicing divination. They're never going to label it that. But there's a lot of, I can think of a lot of people who toe that line and are are really playing with fire in in my view um have you noticed that kind of in your you know from your perspective as someone who was really deep into that and would have obviously boldly proclaimed that you know you believe these things like does that do you notice that now and and how do you how do you feel about that what do you what do you think when you see that kind of stuff yeah that's a good question um as you're saying that i think of the verses just where God is is telling his, his people to be separate, be apart from the things that the pagans were doing. Um, we don't get to, we're not told to use and redeem occult tools for Christian purposes. Right. We're to come and be separate and distinct people. And I've seen arguments for why using the Enneagram or using astrology or whatever is oh, that's fine. We can Christianize it. We can take this tool and learn about ourselves. But that's not what the Bible says. And is our authority, our feelings and our wisdom mm -hmm. on what we think works to tell us who we are? Or, mm -hmm. or is our authority God's word? Is our authority the Bible? Um, so going back, when I was first saved, I was really confused to see so many of the things that I knew and loved that I was convicted of as sin mm. being used by Christians in the church. Mm -hmm. And when you come out of that and, and the Lord was sanctifying me. And even though I, I didn't know enough of the Bible to really truly understand why I was convicted about doing astrology, I was convicted about divination. The Lord was convicting me. Um, and so to see that, was very confusing. So basically we need to look to God's word for, mm -hmm. for what he says is right. And there's so many things that are popular in, in culture that then we as the church take in and, Oh, I don't see how this is wrong, mm -hmm. but, um, but it is. And again, when you follow those things to their origin, right. to where they came from, they're pagan, they're mm -hmm. a cult. And uh, that's not, that doesn't honor God to use things that he expressly forbids. Yeah. Are you looking for a historically tried and true way to teach your children foundational truths from God's word? Then get started catechizing them today. Catechizing encourages not only children, but also adults to gain a helpful, systematic understanding of what the Bible teaches. The basement the basics and commandment catechisms from alongside them are based off the children's shorter catechism. These are written with simple and short answers that are easy for your little ones to repeat and remember. A scripture reference is included on each page to dig deeper into God's word together. These are durable flipbooks with modern designs. Multiple ages can learn together from toddlers to parents, and they can easily be integrated into your Bible time, 
family worship, or morning basket. I talk about this all the time on Instagram, how we need to be teaching our children truths, simple truths they can remember and understand and recall to mind. I was catechized as a kid, and I still remember the questions and answers that my dad went through with us, and I treasure the fact that those are ingrained in me, and it's so important to me to do the same with my kids. Go to their website at comealongsidethem.com and be sure to use the discount code KINDLED5, that's KINDLED, the number five, for $5 off your order. Again, check out the basics and commandment catechisms at comealongsidethem.com and use the discount code KINDLED5 for $5 off. Yeah, I think you're dead on with that. Um, And, you know, you mentioned it in your testimony that you had supernatural feelings, um, which is a very intriguing way to describe something. So I want to dig into that. But you, you said, you know, we don't follow our feelings. We don't follow even if something makes you feel good, even if something, yes, sin can feel great. Sometimes sin can, sin can feel really good to our flesh. Um, and yet we are called to die to sin, to put our flesh to death and to war against it. Um, and to recall that we're not merely fighting against flesh and blood when we do that, but against spiritual powers and principalities in the heavenly realms, like Ephesians six talks about. And, um, and so I think there's just such a, syncretism inside Christianity today with the world that, like you mentioned, there is there are so many um, individuals who profess Christ who would say, I'm a Christian, I love Jesus, and yet I also practice astrology. I also practice healing work with my body through energy or through whatever. I don't know, mm-hmm. some sort of Eastern practice that I probably don't know very much about. Um, and they would say, well, you know, you are just not uh, aware that that uh, a Christian could pursue a variety of techniques. It's like Jesus plus, like God mm-hmm. plus. And it's also, I mean, there's, this is a bigger conversation because that gets into like this belief that we should all be able to be healed and that our bodies, we we can heal our bodies, you know, almost like the power. Again, the power is in your hands. You can be, God doesn't want you to live this way. He doesn't want you to be sick. He doesn't want you to live burdened with disease your body can be regenerated. You can regenerate it through these practices and these techniques. And, and it almost sounds right. You know, it almost, it's like, I don't know, like maybe, maybe there's some truth in what you're saying, but the problem is like it, it always, it never stops at where they begin. It, it always goes so much further. It always is going to lead you into a dark forest of, um, of that network of beliefs that the new age is. And that, ends in the occult that ends in darkness it ends in uh a, it's like you're you're digging down deeper and deeper and the further you go the harder it is to see the light the harder it is to kind of see your way and and you have no idea what's around you you have no idea what's ahead what's just ahead after that next you know uh session of whatever it may be your you know meditation or your divination or or that seeking that supernatural feeling maybe a a relationship that is uh, enabling that whatever it may be um it's just it's it's concerning to me as well like what you mentioned that too like how sad for someone who's coming out of that to then look around at christians be looking for kind of a compass like all right let me figure out where i am now and to see so much of what they just came out of and they're like wait you guys are doing this like i'm confused is this this is okay. And man, it's like that, that's pretty, that's pretty telling, right? Like it's pretty convicting of the moment that we're in. Yes. And 
as you're talking, I think of James 1 verses 13 to 14 talking about us being lured away and enticed by our own desires and our own Mm -hmm. lusts. And, and I think we can think, oh, if I feel pulled and drawn to this thing, then it must be good. Well, Mm -hmm. that's not what the Bible says. And so for us to really think, what is it about astrology, about divination, about the idea that I can control my own life? Mm -hmm. What is it that is alluring about this? Um, and because it's alluring doesn't mean it's a good thing. That was something I found an old video of me crying. I was absolutely miserable and just depraved. And yet I'm saying, how can this be wrong when it feels so right? Right. We can't trust our feelings. And also like you were saying, I think it really does come down to ultimately, are we seeing ourselves as the authority, are Mm -hmm. our feelings, the authority, are we the authority or is God the authority? Are we mm-hmm. looking to what the Bible says about reality or how we feel reality should be? Um, right. It's easy to deceive ourselves. Totally. Yeah. Uh, so what what exactly like did those supernatural supernatural feelings, what does that mean to you? When you, when you, are, when you say that, like, can you describe more of what that was? Um, because I feel like that, from what I see out in, you know, this kind of this group of people who, um, who I feel like are, are dabbling in it, but, but not admitting it, the soft, soft occultism, I guess, um, mm-hmm. that is sort of the promise. And that is what is like, it's the lure. It is what is kind of on the end of the stick and they're dangling it for people as though it's a good thing, like mm-hmm. a connection with God or a connection, a truer, deeper pursuit of knowledge of god like you mentioned knowledge of good and evil but it's like recast as though this is maybe just knowledge of god or the divine or Mm -hmm. something it's always so positive it sounds like something christian should want but it's not so could you explain what that was like when you were experiencing that yes um when i was young i would always word it as a deep feeling of familiarity with these entities it just it felt just like a deep feeling of familiarity and almost nostalgia, maybe just a deep connectedness. So Mm -hmm. that's with these entities that at first thought were angels because I had no real context. I thought they were the the angels of my dad's friends who'd passed away from overdose situations that I was close to. And then when I learned about aliens that I was, oh, that makes sense. But now I know, I believe they were demonic entities but that deep feeling of um, familiarity was so supernatural and that it, it felt so powerful. When I met um, one of my ex-boyfriends and had that deep, again, feeling of familiarity like I'd known him, I think it was a recognition of the same kind of demonic thing. But um, there was something so exciting about something beyond this reality like Mm -hmm. something powerfully beyond this physical world that was Mm -hmm. very enticing and exciting and uh I thought good and Mm -hmm. going off what you were saying even when I was in that order practicing ritual magic bowing literally getting on my knees bowing down to golden idols of Egyptian deities I still would have called it light work I still wouldn't Mm. have said it was Mm -hmm. black magic. I still would have said I was helping the universe, like using even Christian words. We took the Eucharist, but to Osiris and all these things Mm. 
you can think that you're doing light work. You can think doing all these rituals, thinking I'm getting closer with God than I've ever been, but it's a different God. It's Mm -hmm. a false light. It's twisted. It's perverted. And that's just so important to remember because again, that verse that Satan masquerades himself as an angel of light in Corinthians, that, that was convicting because I thought Lucifer was the light bearer. I thought this was good. I Mm. thought the Bible was the bad thing. Everything gets twisted. Um, And so it's just important to remember people can use Christian words and mean completely different things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, They can say God and mean a totally different God, even thinking they're talking about the same God. And I know because that was me. Um, And so just, I have such a heart for uh, people that I love so much that are deceived into thinking they are connecting with the divine, Mm -hmm. but they're really connecting with with the enemy of their right. souls that absolutely hates them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So something you said that um, you, there was this excitement or exhilaration around the idea of um, an, another realm or another world, that there was just this higher reality outside of us that you could connect with. I think that makes me think of, you know, how God did design us for, mm-hmm. we are eternal beings. And so when you've lived a very temporal reality, you've been very connected horizontally to you know, your physical life, your, the pain, your body has, has gone through the trauma of other people's sin, your sin, just living that, that life here on earth, kind of not aware of that. And someone sort of opens a little, uh, almost not a portal, but like Mm -hmm. reveals like, Hey, there's this other reality, this other dimension that is, is outside and above ours. I think there can certainly be some parallels there to the truth, right? Like, Yes, there is. And there we are we're going to live forever somewhere. Your soul is eternal. It's going to live somewhere forever. And the question is 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 that reality that you're being drawn into um one that is uh, uh going to lead you towards God or one that will lead you away? Is that a a spiritual journey towards truth and eternity in heaven with him or or a, eternity separated from God? Um, and that's the scary thing is like so many people are, they find, they find some satiation in that pursuit because they are eternal beings. They have souls mm. that, that kind of long for God. And so we were, if, if uh, the C.S. Lewis quote, if I cannot, well, I'm going to butcher it, but if I do not find in this earth, the thing that I long for, I can, I can essentially um, determine that I was made for another world. Like, mm. I cannot actually find what I long for here. And it's true. We can't. And so we start looking and the problem is we start finding and it's not always at the right place, you know? Mm. Um, and so uh, I just wanted to kind of, you know, hit on that, that, that you mentioned that. That's so, so true. And yeah, um, oh, if I can, yeah, I just want to stress, it is so exciting and it is so alluring to mm-hmm meet your spirit guides that sounds so exciting and Mm -hmm. all these things but they demonic they are demonic entities that hate you they want you to be destroyed and the reality that the the true reality of who jesus is of god's love for us of the relationship that we can have with the true god of all creation is so much better so what we're being sold is this horrible, fake thing 
when the truth of who God is and the relationship we can have with God through Jesus Christ and who Jesus is, that he would love us, that he would die in our place, Mm -hmm. be that sacrifice in our place, that we could be reconciled to God, that we can be forgiven of our sins. The truth is so much better than than this lie. So Mm -hmm. there's no there's no reason to turn from the truth. Um, So just I would just encourage everyone. It's not just that this is bad. It's that the truth is so much better than than the lie. Yeah, absolutely. So as you started to come out, you mentioned that you saw you saw this in, um, you, you said in an email to me that you were surprised to see some of the similar things uh, that you had come out of in hyper charismatic Christianity um, that you saw in occult rituals. So talk about that. Like where, where were you seeing some of the similar rituals um, that you had been a part of the demonic experiences, the, you know, um, the, the practices you, you practiced ritual magic, which I don't exactly know what that is, but mm-hmm. I'm curious what, what exactly you saw in, in that, um, that world of kind of hyper charismatic Christianity. Yeah. Um, I feel like sometimes hidden things can sound more exciting. So just Mm -hmm. to define ritual magic that I practice was basically just magic, uh, done in the context of like, in my case, the ritual, the room where we did rituals in the Freemason lodge, but what we were doing is invocations of different entities, Egyptian gods, but demons and um, other magic would be trying to basically create our own reality. But it's just, uh, I call it ritual magic and they would, because it was done ritualistically according to a certain ritual that is believed Mm -hmm. to have magical power. And in some of the invocations we were encouraged to really let go and let the um they wouldn't say the spirit i don't think but but kind of just let go laugh make animal noises uh, act like animals do these things that when i was saved um i didn't personally experience in the church that i was in but seeing videos of different churches that are that are saying, oh, this is the Holy Spirit, laugh like an animal, make animal sounds, go crazy, lose control. Um, that I, that was very uh, alarming to me because I didn't see that in the Bible. I saw um, mm-hmm. self-control as a fruit of the Spirit. However, I've, I had seen those things in occult settings, in uh, witchcraft, um, like moon circles, separate from the order that I was in going to coven kind of meetings, uh, dancing around a fire, laughing maniacally, those kind of things, um, very similar to what I was seeing in these hyper charismatic circles. Mm-hmm. So that was, I wouldn't even just say confusing. It was, it was alarming and disturbing to me because mm-hmm. again, I don't, I don't see that in the Bible, but I have seen that in pagan um, rituals, ceremonies, things like that. So, um, again, I would say like, what is your authority in terms of God is very specific on how he commands us to worship him. Right. Um, so what is our authority for, for that? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great point. I think it just reveals how quickly we can, um, 
kind of devolve and and emerge into these areas that uh, God really explicitly forbids. We can mm. think that we are worshiping him, but if we don't worship him the way that he's commanded us to, um, then we are at danger. We are in danger of really falling prey to all the things that he has um, forbidden, the divination, mm-hmm. the, um, you know, the necromancing, the mm-hmm. medium work, or like you described the the light work. Like I, I see that term all the time. And even from people who would say they're Christians, like mm-hmm. light work, uh, or they'll call it energy work. And I know there's, there's definition between those things, but a lot of times these I think that's what's so um, the slippery slopeness of this movement is that there aren't often very um, clear definitions given. And so mm-hmm. it seems like it's it's kind of fluid. It's easy to shift the meaning or redefine it or say that like it's it's congruent with a biblical wo- worldview or with with Christianity or with Jesus or, you know, and just to twist those things. It's so dangerous. So, um, yeah, I appreciate that you are you know, really drawing a distinct line there and saying like, what does the Bible say? How does God tell us to worship him? How does he tell us that should look? And, um, and let's not add to that. Let's not, you know, start kind of widening the circle of what is allowed, which is so attractive to so many today. Mm. Um, so, uh, what I would like to shift into in this last portion is kind of talking about where do you see, um, and we, we've done this a little bit, but who do you see as the main target of this movement? Could you say that that you see it really being um, targeted towards youth and young people more so, or is that just my perception as, as I get older that it, it seems like everybody who's who's kind of getting swept up and it is younger? I I'm sure there's obviously a range, but um, uh, coming out of it, like what would you say is is the target audience in a sense mm-hmm. of a lot of these teachings? That's a good question. I. I see it as Gen Z being heavily influenced, but at the same time, I don't know if that's necessarily on purpose. I just know that you can go to a Barnes and Noble and get spell books now, and it's just very in your face. And Mm -hmm. on kids' TV shows, it's not just um, there are many things being pushed, Mm -hmm. but, but a big part of it is also this magic and and glamorizing and glorifying things that god forbids and calls abominations and says that those who practice them are abominations um those are harsh words because they're they're dangerous they're demonic they're things that are vile um and they don't help you they aren't actually Mm -hmm. good so god's not keeping you from something good (laughs) and i just think that's so important to remember but I don't know why it seems to be. I'm. I mean, I'm sure the enemy would love to take whoever he can, yeah. but it's definitely so normalized today. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. More of the demonic, and and it is alluring to think that we can have control of our reality, and we could ultimately we can be God. You can be God, but again, we make we make terrible gods, mm-hmm. um, and that's important to remember. Yeah, I I think one of the reasons it seems like it might be, um, you know, just more normalized amongst the younger generation is because of social media, you know, mm-hmm. and and kids who have access to TikTok or Instagram, they can kind of become familiar with a personality or an individual who is a witch or mm-hmm. uh, whatever, whatever this this individual claims to be, they can they can be become a little desensitized to those descriptions or that, you know, what the person actually does because they feel like they know them and they're 
oh, they make good content or good reels and they're interesting and they seem nice. And it's like, well, what's the big deal? Like what? Mm. I don't know. She seems normal. She seems fine. Um, whereas like the older generation who hasn't had that kind of access in their early years, their formative years where they are being, you know, educated, they're forming their worldview. They kind of already have some preconceived notions of black magic or, you know, um, the occult or mm-hmm. witchcraft. Like that's a negative, there's a negative connotation. I think they can certainly still get swept up through other means, like the positive side of Satan masquerading as an angel of light, but it's almost like you don't even have to, you're not, um, with the younger generation, there's not this like negative connotation. It's just all positive. It's kind of like mm-hmm. the the Overton window has shifted and the dark really seems light. Even mm-hmm. though from my perspective as a mid 30 year old, I'm like, how are kids not hearing the word witchcraft, uh, witchcraft and being a little freaked out? They're just, they're intrigued because they're, we've lost some of that, you know, cultural connotation of of that being a, a negative thing, right? Like when I was growing up, you know, even like movies that I would no longer let my kids watch, like um, what's that three witches movie? Um, Ho- Hocus Pocus, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I thought it was like kind of making light of witches, but I still thought that's bad. I, that's mm-hmm. wrong, you know? Um, and you just don't see that anymore. So that's, that's a concern for sure. Uh, and what would be your caution to parents um, mm-hmm. of, you know, whether it be parents of Gen Z or younger, uh, you know, as far as just kind of helping their kids be on guard and aware of of where some of this this teaching can um, kind of seep in. Well, I think that's so interesting, and those are such great points that you make. And I wonder how how Gen Z's biblical literacy is, and mm-hmm. how that trend uh, has gone. Because yeah. I just think it's so important to know what God has to say about these things. Otherwise it is easy to be deceived and think, Oh, well, what's so bad about, I mean, that doesn't look terrible. I mean, Mm -hmm. playing with cards, divination, it doesn't, it doesn't look that bad, but when you know the Bible and you're able to see the truth and then you can, it's so much easier to see, Oh, well, well, that doesn't fit. That is, that's actually contrary to what this says knowing mm-hmm. the truth it's so much clearer w- when there's a lie um but if you don't know the truth it's it's really it's hard to discern and especially in today's culture when i even saw a video where saying white magic and black magic is now wrong because basically judgment is wrong you can't judge so right. you can't everything's relative and mm. so who are who are you to say black magic is bad? It's just a spectrum. Everything's a spectrum. Uh-huh. Um, and so there's no objective truth anymore. And so why would that be bad? What even is bad? How who are you mm-hmm. to say there's bad? What's morality? Like right. everything is just this this nebulous, yeah. Yes. So um yeah. I I just I it's hard because I'm not a parent, but even speaking mm-hmm. to my pastors and about these things just i think it's so important for raise your your children up knowing the bible because god's mm-hmm. word is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword and able to pierce mm-hmm. as far as soul and spirit and joint spirit and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart and so whether you see it or not that being in your child's heart and mind they will be able to well one god's word is living and active and and they'll at least know the truth. And so it'll be easier mm-hmm. to see, um, see the lies. So I just, yeah. 
equip, equip your children, uh, knowing right. Jesus, knowing the truth, knowing that God says it's wrong and why God mm-hmm. says it's wrong. Yeah, absolutely. And the word of God is a sword, you know, this, a sword that, like you just said, that cuts and divides and it, it does create categories. It creates separation. And so, like you said, that person saying, well, it's, who are you to get to decide that black magic is bad and white magic is good? I mean, it's a spectrum. Like I just see that argument being made a billion times over in a million different ways mm-hmm. by all those influential people who might say, you know, Jesus follower in their profile, but be, mm-hmm. but be claiming that, you know, God, like everything is permissible. Like God does not want to cut you off from any means of healing or of truth Mm -hmm. or of knowing him, of pursuing him. But that's not true because not all of the different pathways actually lead to knowledge of the true God or knowing him. It leads to that other pursuit of knowledge of good and evil. Like Mm -hmm. you mentioned earlier that, that, uh, promise of the evil one, that was a promise of, from Satan. That was not a promise of God. It was actually a warning. Do not pursue this. Do not eat that fruit. Um, mm. and, and yet you see so many saying, no, the fruit's fine. It's good. Like why God made all the fruit in the garden. Right. And so why shouldn't you enjoy that? There's freedom in Christ. Right. And, and yet denying and like forgetting about, you know, all the scripture that tells us that there is, you know, right and wrong, that, that mm. his word is, is the final word, his authority. And so, what else does the Bible say? You know, it's like they're picky, uh, cherry picking what enables them to pursue the lifestyle or the techniques or the learning or the pursuit that they want. And, and all things are good, you know, and and it's just a, it's a very slippery slope there. We need to have biblical definitions for sure, for all these categories and, and understand really what has God permitted and what has God forbidden. Absolutely. And I love that you brought that up because there are many people that say that they follow Jesus, but but their definition of who Jesus is and what he says and and, mm-hmm. and anything is a false Jesus. There are right. there's one true Jesus because he's an actual person yep. who's real. And so mm-hmm. who he is matters. And are you talking about the Jesus that is defined and, and spoken of in the Bible or or who who is this? And if you are, then it's important to know the full counsel of God's word and to actually mm-hmm. not like you're saying, not just what what this one verse is, but what does the whole Bible say? Because it's mm-hmm. it's meant to be the whole all of it is supposed to be read. Right. Um, wrapping up, what are some red flags that could help mm-hmm. us as individuals spot not just the outright teachings themselves, but someone who might be dabbling in them. Like I've been saying, the soft occultist who is is that person who's like kind of misrepresenting Christ or who Jesus is or who God is and introducing uh, some of these ideas that maybe not full fleshed out, maybe not, you know, I, I think it's easier to identify the person who's like, hi, I go to the church of Satan or hi, I'm a medium. I'm a, I'm a spiritual medium. Like, I mean, that's, there you go. There, <laughs> let's avoid that. But for for the red the the person who is like, I'm not sure if I would recognize this. Mm. Are there any, you know, I don't want to say tips or tricks, but but what mm-hmm. can you share that would help us to identify that? Maybe even as someone is deconstructing a traditional Christian faith and starting to pursue some of these teachings. Mm. That's a really good question. Um, I know I've said this so much, but I really do believe the most important thing is to know the whole Bible so that when you hear someone say something off, you'll know it's off because you'll go, wait, that person just said this, but but 
the Bible mm-hmm. says this in this verse and that doesn't, that's not, mm-hmm. that's not true. And right. just having that can, like you're saying, it, God's word is a sword, even in Ephesians 6, like, uh, is the sword of the spirit, but which is the word of God. So, um, like even then <laughs> I'm checking if no. what I say is true because I'm remembering the verse, but like that, the Bible is how we know God and how we know truth. And so anyway, knowing that, and then also, mm-hmm. um, definition of terms, people say a lot of things, but what do they mean? So even if you're talking with someone and, um, like someone I know and love, like everything they say sounds right. But, but when you ask them, uh, so how would you define salvation? Who would you define God to be? It's a totally different Jesus, a different means of salvation, a different God. Um, but I wouldn't know that just by everything they said. So when someone's saying things that sound right, ask the things that really matter. Uh, what, how would you describe the gospel? What What do you think mm-hmm. you need to know to be saved? Who Who would you say Jesus is? Mm-hmm. That the truth and if it's not that's concerning because mm-hmm. then it's a false gospel it's a false jesus it's a false light um but yeah again ultimately in order to even do that you you have to know the truth um, yeah. and that's going to protect you uh from from all the lies that are out there because there are so many lies out there and they're mm-hmm. really loud yeah yeah and changing every day too mm-hmm Yeah, man. Well, I just really appreciate you sharing your testimony with us and, you know, just walking through this. I know that it's, it's probably a hard conversation to go back to, but I'm just thankful that God has brought you out of that and into marvelous light and, Mm -hmm. um, and given you a voice to be able to warn others and share of, you know, just the, the freedom that you found in Christ and the true Jesus of scripture, the true and and one and only gospel of God. And, uh, I'm just, yeah, I praise God that you are being faithful with sharing that and, you know, testifying to what he's done in your life. And, um, I know that this episode is going to be really helpful for a lot of people. And, you know, I'm just praying for those who are still stuck in that deception Mm -hmm. and still stuck in that darkness. Um, you know, as I guess a final send off, um, what is your encouragement for those of us who do have friends or family members that are, still very much deceived in um the occult or the new age yeah thank you so much um i would just encourage you that the gospel truly is the power of god to salvation for everyone who believes um romans 1 16 is true and the gospel is the most beautiful thing is that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of god and we need a savior and uh, because God is holy and he's perfect and we've sinned against this holy, perfect God. And he sent Jesus, his only begotten son, who came and lived a perfect life. He never sinned, even though he was tempted as we are. And he died on the cross in our place, bearing God's wrath that we deserve for our sins, bearing our sins on the cross. And that's amazing. And But not just that, but he died he was raised on the third day and now he's seated at the right hand of God making intercession as the one mediator between God and man for all who believe in him and that is the most beautiful truth because it's not we could never earn our salvation 
we can't be good enough. And even if we started today and never sinned again, that wouldn't take away all of the mistakes, not even mistakes, all the sins and rebellion against God that mm -hmm. we've done. But God loves us so much that he sent Jesus. He, he paid the price for us. And uh, we just have to believe in Jesus. And Jesus is truly the best. So um, when you're sharing that truth, that is the power of God to salvation. And that's what people need to hear. That's truly what everyone needs to hear is who mm -hmm. Jesus is, why he came and what he's done for sinners, just like me, just like you. We all need that truth and we all need that savior. And so as you're going out, be bold and be loving and share it with respect and gentleness and love, but share it with those people in your life. Even if they're intimidating, even if you think they would think whatever about that, it's the truth and it's the power of God to salvation. And so love people by sharing that with them. Yes. Amen. Thank you so much, Jack. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. All right, guys, that's all I have for you today. Thanks for listening. I pray that that conversation encourages you as it has me to faithfully pray for opportunities to share the truth and love with those around us. Um, I have a friend in my small group named Laura, and Laura has shared with me a, a simple strategy that she uses uh, in prayer for those around her, whether it be Christians, non-Christians, doesn't matter. And the strategy is nothing crazy. It's just called pray and watch. And what this strategy entails, it's, it's again, it's the most foundational concept ever. You're going to be like, that's nothing new. But literally, it is just to pray for God to give you opportunities to interact or um, cross paths, looking for those in, in the regular traffic patterns of your life that you would be able to have interactions with, whether that is just a neighbor at the mailbox, um, passing someone on on your way, uh, you know, at school drop off or in the halls at the office or um, interfacing with a certain family member, whoever it is that might be on your heart, praying that God provide opportunities and then watching, watching for what he does, watching for what he brings into your path. Um, it's, it's, again, this is not fancy or special or, um, anything beyond just praying that God give you opportunities to interface, interact, to speak to, to potentially build relationship with those around you. And this isn't particular to the new age, but, um, I think it's, it's just an awesome strategy that I, I wanted to share because, uh, again, I think that so often we can burden ourselves down with this idea that if we're not sharing the literal gospel in a full gospel presentation of like Jesus dying on the cross and everything that that means for you and scripture and Romans 10, 9 and calling people to repentance, that maybe we're not sharing our faith. But uh, I would challenge you to dial it back a degree if you struggle with guilt or weight in that area of I don't know if I'm sharing the gospel enough. Pray and watch for how God might use you. Watch for opportunities he puts into your path to build relationship with others, with non-believers, with those caught up in deception and darkness. And then see what see what happens. See what he does. See what he provides. Thank him for that. Be faithful with those opportunities. They may not always be to share the gospel. May not always be to, you know, give like a full, clear presentation of, uh, someone's sin or their need for God. But 
I do believe that if we are faithful to pray for opportunities and then watch for what God gives, we will be met with more opportunities than we can handle to share the truth with people, to share hope, to share life, to just meet them where they're at with the hope of the gospel in their life. So anyways, that's what I'm going to be taking away from today's episode and into the relationships that I have in my real life and how I'm going to be applying this is praying for opportunities to um, just interface with those people who I know are caught up in deception and watching for how God moves in those situations and those relationships. Have a great week and I will see you next time here on Kindled.